0: At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. The title of this series is Helping Like the Helper. We know that the Bible says that the, the the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, is the true helper. And throughout Scripture, in these last three messages that we've ministered on this, we've built a foundation. If you haven't listen to these, you can go back, download the app, or you can get these messages online and, and they're all, they're free, they don't cost you anything, just go back and listen to them. Because I believe there's some, I, I believe there's some content here that is valuable to a person's success and people becoming the leaders God created them to be. Everybody has been created to be a leader in one form or another, Everybody. And there's truth here that actually sets you up for great success. And I really encourage you to spend time on it, meditate on it. I've, I've never preached a series quite like this one. Um, you know, others that were similar to this, but not exactly like this. Because of the, you know, when you walk with God and you get revelation, but the, the, when you stay with God, revelation increases. Amen? And so. Tonight, we're going to look again at our definition of help. I gave you these two pieces of a definition of the word help. Number one, when you're a helper, you make it easier for someone else to do something by offering one's service or resources. To help is to make it easier for someone else through your abilities or your resources. Also, to help is the action of helping someone to do something and giving assistance. That's what helping is. Um, You know... It's, it's, it's interesting that every, every time, or, or, or I think not every time, but a lot of times when people hear that word, help, um, it kind of reminds you of when maybe you were a kid and your dad wanted you to mow the front yard. Man, I wanted to go play basketball or play golf or do something else. Who wants to mow the front yard? You know, and you can kind of hear those words. I need you to help me do this. Okay. I guess if I have to. And so when you hear this word or you hear ministry or messages concerning being a helper or an aide or, you know, in, in, in understanding what it means to serve in the local body, Or serve in your community, serve in your home, serve on the job. You know, you can work for somebody and get paid and have a servant's heart, and you're more valuable than other people are. Because what you're doing, yeah, you're getting paid for it, but you're not just doing it for a paycheck. You're doing it to bring assistance to someone else's business or what's going on, making it good for someone else well, why would I do that? You know, that guy's a jerk and he's this, that, and the other. And Well, I've seen many times through the years where people that were jerks that I worked for, they became unjerky over time. I worked at a... I had my own business. I lived in the Rio Grande Valley down in McAllen and I, and I had an automotive detail business. I had this one dealership that I worked at and um, <clears throat> the... Owner, uh the owner's mother uh did the books, paid the checks, did everything with that. And um I started coming in there and she didn't like what I did. I, I did automotive detail and work on cars, and she didn't like what I did, and she didn't think what I did needed to be paid for, you know. And so I started out, and people said, just watch out for Miss So and so, you know. <clears throat> she's a she's a piece. And I said, Okay. And sure enough, first time I met her, she just threw my tick. I gave her my ticket at the end of the week, she kind of threw it to the side and made some kind of comment or whatever, you know, and, 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 and I said, so when do I pick it up? She didn't say anything to me. Somebody told me later, you've got to come back and pick it up on Mondays. So I, I turned it in on Friday, went back on Monday, wasn't ready. <clears throat> Came back on Tuesday, still wasn't ready, you know. I mean, I don't know how long it took me to get that first check. But all along, I never said one thing to her didn't complain to her, didn't whatever. And I think the reason she didn't write me a check, if I'd have just been ugly to her, she probably would have written me a check. <laughs> but she was going to see what it was going to take to get me worked up. And I just chose not to. I just chose to be a servant, to serve her as in, in the job that she's in, and knowing that her attitude was... One that no one in the, in the dealership liked. And over time, uh, I won her over. And uh, when no one else could get paid, they come to me. How do you get Miss Burns to pay you? Be nice. What? Yeah, just be nice. I won that lady over. I, l- I left the valley and came up here. And a couple of years later, I, I had the opportunity to lead her to the Lord. It, it was really. A really cool thing, and, and, uh, and a couple of years after I left there, she was in an intersection and pulled out, and somebody ran a stoplight and hit her and killed her. Yeah, killed her, but she's in heaven. Amen, she's in heaven. Why? Because I had the attitude to serve her instead of think about myself, bring assistance to her, help her. In, in, in all the reasons and attitudes that she had. I mean, everybody, she, she was wearing a chip on her shoulder and just wanting everybody to knock it off. And she's going to show you. I won that lady over. She's today in the kingdom of God as a result of it. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So, <clears throat> John 14 and verse 26 says, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Well, we weren't there when He said those things, but He's still, by the Holy Spirit, bring to our remembrance the things that He has said. Can you say amen to that? Amen. One of the things that... I've mentioned in these few weeks, these the three previous messages that I've ministered here, one of the things, one of the points that I've made that I'm just going to keep making each time is found in 1 Corinthians 12 and 27. And it says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, Administrations, varieties of tongues, and he goes on to say, and he goes on to ask these questions in the next verse, and he says, "This are all apostles?" Question mark. What's the answer to that? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Are all gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. But where were helps? He didn't ask the question about helps. Why? Because we're all called to help. And help is a ministry that is in the same category as the fivefold ministry and other administrations in the church. To help is a calling on every person's life. So the answer to the question that wasn't asked is absolutely. We're all created to help. Can you say amen to that? We're all created to make it easier for someone else to do something by offering your services or resources. And it's the action of you helping someone to do something, bringing assistance to their life. Everybody's created to do that. And I'll say it again, everybody. Luke 16 and verse 10. Jesus says this, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful, faithful also in much. He who is unjust in, in what is, is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, in the natural things, who will commit to you the true riches? If you've not been, if you've not been faithful in the natural things, and tonight we're talking about the helps ministry, about helping... And, and this, isn't, this isn't some guilt thing, putting something on you, you doing enough in the church. This is about helping and having the heart of a helper. Yes. And we're going to get back to that as we talked about last Wednesday. But he said, if you've not been faithful in this, how can you be entrusted with the true riches? And what are the true riches? It's the anointing of God. It's the authority that we have in the name of Jesus that that we've inherited. When you got born again, you inherited the authority that goes with the name of Jesus. How can you be trusted in that if you can't be trusted in these other things? Do you think that God needed somebody to help Him see the woman at the car dealership in Allen one to the Lord, did he need help? He needed help. The Bible says we're joint heirs with him. He says he needs us. He's done all the work. He's done it all. Now he needs us enforcing it and walking it out. So did he need me walking in love with that woman? Absolutely. Did he need me staying with it so that as time went on, she got led to the Lord, and today she's in heaven. You realize she got born again because her heart softened, because somebody was kind to her. And then all of a sudden, other people became kind to her, because they wanted their money. No. <laughs> but other people became kind to her. And then you know what? Dag Nabbit, if she didn't become kind herself, God needs your and my help. That's right. We got situations like this everywhere. You, 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 get, you get treated ugly and you turn and respond with the ugliness, you know better than them. And actually, in many cases, we're worse, especially if we're born again and we understand spiritual things. Yeah. Yeah. People that don't know God, yeah, that's what they're going to do. Don't be shocked when people are ugly to you that have no understanding of, the, of God or the things of God. They're going to be ugly. to win them over, man, there's nothing to me more valuable on the planet than seeing people won over that don't want anything to do with God. There's there's just nothing like it. That's what He created us for. We're all helpers and ministers of reconciliation here to reconcile people to God. Can you say amen? He said, and if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, this is in Luke 16, Next verse. And if you've not been faithful in in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters for either he'll hate the one, love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one, despise the other. You can't serve God and the natural. God wants you to be effective in the natural. He wants you to have natural things. He wants you to be blessed naturally, but it can't be your God. God has to be God. Can you say amen to that? God has to be God. Amen. So helping and understanding how to help is not a mechanical thing. It has to be a heart issue. Pride always has a better idea than to do it God's way. Pride does. And remember that as we look at a couple of verses of Scripture here. I read this passage last week, and I want to finish this message tonight talking about how you accomplish what I mentioned last week, and it's found in 1 Samuel 10 and verse 26. And Saul also went home to Gibeah. Saul had just been crowned king of Israel, and it said he went home And valiant men went with him, whose hearts, look at those next three words, whose hearts God had touched. Saul became king, and he needed some help. I said, Saul became king, and he truly needed some help. And it says, these men's hearts were touched by God. God had touched them. But some rebels said, verse 27, how can this man save us? So they despised him and brought him no presence, but he held his peace. So there were men whose hearts were touched by God who helped Saul, probably helped Saul all the days of his life. And there were others who could have helped Saul, but they had pride in their heart and rebellion in their heart. They were rebels, it says here. And what happened? They went against Saul. So they were no help to him. And God is saying to us tonight, He wants your heart and my heart to be touched by Him so that we live our lives as helpers and givers and not takers and whiners. Well, nobody ever does anything for me because you're not listening to God. That statement won't come out of the mouth of a person who is actively helping and giving in the kingdom of God. You won't say that. You don't have time to say that. I mean, you got time to think it. You know, if someone's not paying attention to you or anything that's going on in your you got time to think it. But you don't have time to say it because you're busy and active at living your life to help and be a helper and bring assistance in helping it, making it easier for other people's lives. Listen, remember, remember, as long as heaven and earth is intact, so is seed time and harvest. Whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. Amen. And you make it easier for other people, what happens? People are going to be finding you out to make things easier in your life. That's right. That's a, that, that is right. That's literally the principle of the kingdom. It is the principle of the kingdom. That's why I'm teaching this message tonight. To encourage you to be very, very aware of how you're living your life. And make alterations as you go. In God's sake, I mean, I believe everybody sitting in here tonight, you're a helper and a giver in some form or another, but I'm telling you, God wants you to always take it to another level. Always. Always, always, always. So whether it's church or it's business or it's family or whatever it is, God wants your heart to be touched by Him so that in your giving and helping and serving, you can become the leader He created you to be. There's something about when you are a a helper that in all of your life as a leader, your mind constantly goes back to helping. Your mind is not focused on you becoming this great leader and it's all about you and that kind of... When you're a helper, you're actually kind of more satisfied being a helper than you are a leader, but because the anointing is on your life because you can be entrusted with the true riches and you know how to hear God, now you're obeying God and becoming the leader God created you to be. But yet, when you stop and think about it, I'd really rather just help. That's the way it works. When we aspire for something that is just about us, it's called selfishness. And that's not part of the kingdom. You can like that or not like it, but it's just absolute truth. Yeah, well, Pastor, but you know, you got to do this and you got to think about that. I mean, you, you got to be responsible. <clears throat> and when you know you're doing what you're doing, you need to be confident in it. But you always have to walk in humility and guard your heart from pride entering in, always. Because it's there, and the opportunity to give into that is always there. That's why I said in the beginning of the service, you're walking in the kingdom, and you're, you're, you're seeking after the things of God. There's going to be five days a week that you're going you're to wake up in the morning and potentially could have a difficult day if you're not walking in the truth and the Word. Did you hear what I said by that? I didn't say seven days a week everything's going to be bad if you're walking in the kingdom of God. I said the potential is there because the enemy's after getting you in pride, thinking about yourself, and not doing what God wants you to do to advance His kingdom. It's an amazing thing to walk and to live in the kingdom of God. Matthew 20 talks about all of us as we step into leadership roles about what servanthood looks like. Matthew 20 and verse 25. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, called them to His side and said, Kings and those with great authority in this world rule oppressively over their subjects like tyrants. But this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. This is in the Passion translation. You'll lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others. He'll live that way. The greatest leader on the planet is not going to stay in a servant role because he's called to lead. But he's going to live his life always looking for opportunities to serve. Can you say amen to that? I mean, you, as a leader, you never quit serving. Actually, the opportunities to serve become more and more, right. all the time. It's not like, yeah, I served for a while, and now I'm getting rid of that, and, you know, now I'm going uh, I'm, to, I'm getting rid of that, and so, so not being a servant is what my goal has been. I just want to be a leader. Not being a servant is where my goal is. It's wrong. That's not kingdom thinking. Never has been, never will be. You can think that way. All you want, thinking that serving is like a stepping stone to greatness in your life, and it is, but you don't leave it. It becomes a part of your life. That's how your heart becomes touched by God. Along the way in your serving, you realize how real He is, how big He is, how how much He has done for us and how much He wants to do for you. That's what you begin to realize. He said, the greatest one among you will live as one who is called to serve others because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. With the heart of a servant. I'll say it like this, like it said in 1 Samuel. A heart that's been touched by God. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served, Jesus, the head of the church, didn't come expecting to be served. He came to serve, right? And to give His life in exchange for the salvation of many. That's what God's calling each and every one of us to do in the same way. When you haven't learned to help like the helper, when you've not learned to do that, you're not ready for leadership. That's what the Scripture is very clear about. There's no reason to beat around the bush about it. It's just the way it is. If you've not learned how to help like the helper, then you're not ready for leadership because you'll do as the Scripture just said, you'll lord it over people. You'll treat people ugly and wrong, and and treating them in certain ways gives them, the people that you're lording it over, a bad understanding of what real leaders are like, and then what will happen is they'll get a, a bad understanding of who God is. ultimately God is the leader. Can you say amen to that? Servanthood empowers you with the talents of the Holy Spirit. Servanthood empowers you with the talents that the Holy Spirit brings to us. To lead, to teach, to comfort, to stand alongside, to be a true friend, to be unselfish, to be humble. I'm going to say it again. Servanthood empowers you with the talents of the Holy Spirit. The different names of the Holy Spirit in the Bible are the teacher, the leader, the comforter, the the one that stands alongside. He's a true friend. He's unselfish. He's humble. All of the things that the Holy Spirit is, is what you and I begin to implement and enforce in the earth. That's what God needs. God doesn't need any more ugliness in the earth. He needs some kindness. Yes, that's right. Yeah. He needs people that are willing to be a true friend. Somebody that, is, that friendship is not a conditional thing. I've learned that through the years, you know. I mean, th- there were times when I was friends with somebody, but then they found somebody else they liked or whatever, especially like when I was a younger person. and And... And then, you know, you feel like they ditched you and they got rid of you. And as I got older, it's funny, (laughs) you know, those were in the younger years, but what happens is little guys grow up to be big guys, but they keep the same ugly attitudes. And they ditch you as friends. And God has said to me, I can't tell you how many times you you don't get rid of that friendship. Oh, no, God, I'm going to dropkick this guy. (laughs) You know? No, you don't get rid of it. You don't get rid of this 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 relationship. You stay with him. And you know what? Every single time, not just sometimes, every single time. It's because as that guy goes off somewhere else, you know, seeking after other things, it doesn't work out and then he comes back to the true friendship and he needed it all the time. Yeah, that's right. You know? It doesn't matter if he, he treated me this way, he treated me like that. This person didn't, you know, do everything I needed and I wanted and all that, and I stayed a true friend, and I won that person. Yeah. That's what true friendship is. When you, when you become a helper like the helper, then you begin to help like the helper, and then you begin to act like the helper, and you help even when somebody doesn't deserve to be helped. So, here's the thing. Our standard for helping has to pass God's standards, but then it has to pass natural standards also. Because in the natural, people are watching you even closer than God is. I mean, God doesn't have to watch you. He knows everything you've done and will do. Ahead of time. But the world's standard for being a helper, or being a servant, or being having the love of God in your life, or those kind of things. Those standards, everybody's watching all the time. Yeah. And so, what I do and how I help has to meet God's standard so that it'll meet the world's standard. And, and, and what do I mean by that? What I just told you, the example of somebody who was a friend and then, and then wasn't a friend, and God said, you keep being a friend. That's God's standard. And then what it, when, you're, when you do God's standard, where helping is concerned, then it always wins. Hmm. Always. Always. There's nothing. There's, 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 there's not too many things in life that are more important than learning to be a true friend not sucking up to people, not giving in to people's attitudes and personalities and those kind of things and giving in and and, and being friends with them because they intimidate you or being friends with them because they can do something for your life or being friends with them for whatever reason. Being a true friend is because your heart has been touched by God and your heart is touched by God because of the connection we have with God through the person of the Holy Spirit. And we learn to help like the Holy Spirit helps That's where our heart is touched, and that's where we demonstrate those actions. Remember, five days out of the week, if you're seeking after the kingdom of God, can potentially be some ugly days. (laughs) Now that's making me laugh. (laughs) Five out of seven can potentially. Sometimes seven out of seven. (laughs) But because of what I know, I can live seven out of seven on top and not underneath. That's right. <laughs> <Amen>. Yes! <clears throat> Here's a great story. It's about four verses, found also in 1 Samuel chapter 14. <clears throat> and it says Then Jonathan, Saul's son Jonathan, who was a great friend to David, says, then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, he was an armor bearer, he was his servant, he was his helper, he was, he was the one assisting him. Watch this. Come, Jonathan saying this to his armor bearer, come let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. And two against an army is a few correct so here's what his helper said do all that is in your heart go then here i am with you according to your heart here's a guys whose heart have been touched by god jonathan whatever you need to do i will assist you and we're going to win Then Jonathan said, very well, let us cross over to these men, and we will show ourselves to them. And they say thus to us, wait until we come to them, then we will stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they say thus, come up to us, then we will go up. Watch this. For the Lord has delivered them into our hand, and this will be a sign to us. The Lord has delivered them. Where did that come from? You know what the deal is? Even if one guy says he's with you, somebody whose heart's been touched by God, somebody who is a true friend, truly connected to you, no matter what, you feel like you can take on a whole army. Jonathan didn't say that Till his assistant said, his helper said, whatever's in your heart, you do it. My man, I'm with you. That kind of helping, and you know, you know, the creativity for helping comes from the helper. One of the churches we were in, in, in the Rio Grande Valley, when we lived down there, one of the churches we were in, <clears throat> I mean, we, we just, we, we, we went headlong into the church. I mean, the church had five services a week, right? Yeah, it was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday night. <laughs> and I, I mean, for probably what, we were there for three years at that church, I think. Maybe two and a half or three years. We were at that church, and we were there five services a week. I mean, man, we were, we were in. <clears throat> we were young. Um, was Amanda born when we were? Yeah, she was. Her and Laura, I guess, were born when we were there. And uh, I mean, we were headlong in there, dragging our kids with us. And every after every service, we'd go eat somewhere. Pizza Hut. <clears throat> And we just, I mean, we were just dove into that place, you know, because of what was going on. And <clears throat> it was like, it's like I, I, I was looking around and I was thinking, what can I do? You know, and one day I, I remember asking one of the guys, hey, th- this, this, they, they had a cassette tape ministry and people could check out cassette tapes. And so they'd have the cassettes and they'd check them out. I said, you need help with this? Yeah. So I became the best cassette tape checker outer that there was, you know, checking out cassette tapes. And then, and then an- another day they asked me about something. I said, do you, you, you need me to help clean the church here? Because I was, I was watching one of the guys in the church that I th- thought was a little more important than I was doing that. And I thought, can I help you with that? He said, yeah, yeah. And then, and then after that, it was, can, how about the yard? You know, and so I started doing the yard. And then, and then um, one day, uh, the pastor's son said, uh, on our Friday night service, we need somebody to lead worship. And I thought, what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, I, I remember asking my wife, what does it mean to lead worship? You know? And so I said, well, I, I'll give it a shot, you know? And so that I started doing that. And then I started leading worship in the church. Uh, and, and from there, Led worship for a lot of years, even when we moved up here first, I still led worship and did some with that and, and really enjoyed it. But, but it was an opportunity. I saw the opportunity. The creativity for helping, I'm, that, that's in the church. There's all kinds of things in the community and places that I've lived and done. that, that The creativity led me to helping or helping other people or helping in my family, or helping in, in situations. The creativity comes from the helper in how to help. So then you're not doing something necessarily that you don't want to do, and sometimes you'll do something just because there's a need, and that's a good thing, you know, for a while. But you want to do what you're doing with your heart touched by God. Yeah, right. So you're not doing it complaining and mad because you have to, but you're doing it because you see how valuable that the kingdom is. And when you're faithful in natural things like that, then he'll make you, he'll, he'll trust you with the true anointing. Then when you lay hands on the sick, the sick recover. Yeah, that's right, you're, Pastor, you're saying that, that to, to be anointed, to do something like that is directly related to helping? That's what he said. Oh, I didn't say that. Jesus said that. You're not faithful in the natural things? How can you be entrusted with the true riches? And Colossians 1 says the true riches are the anointing. I'll just tell you this. Everywhere that you serve that's comfortable, that's not what he's talking about. You've got to serve where it challenges you. Yeah, that's right. And I'm talking about the Holy Spirit challenging you. Not somebody putting you on a guilt trip, talking about the Holy Spirit, challenging you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? This This isn't a plea for helpers. These are keys to success. I've preached some messages like this as a plea for helping. Not no more. Not anymore. <clears throat> Jonathan and one guy stopped a whole army. You read on in that story, they stopped a whole army. Two guys stopped a whole army by faith and assistance. Faith and trusting God and assistance. They stopped a whole army. <clears throat> So I want to give you you this thought and then three things that cause your heart to be touched by God that I believe, I'm talking about for myself, that have caused my heart to be touched by God to want to do things for people. I want to do things in situations that I might in the natural not, and, and, and in the back of my mind, I don't have time for that. No, but the Holy Spirit said. No, but I don't feel like that. No, but the Holy Spirit said. Three things that have touched my heart. But I'm going, to read this about, I'm going to read this about Moses. One verse of Scripture, Numbers 12 and verse 3. And it says, Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Moses was the most humble and the most used man on planet earth because of the humility. And he was that way until he was 120. He was used and he was effective in everything that he did. And and the main reason is because he dealt with pride. He had pride, but he dealt with the pride, not thinking that he knew better. He was used all through his life. He He was a helper and then he was a leader, and then he was a helper again, and actually, again, he was a helper, and then he became a leader that is compared from Old Testament to New Testament as a type and shadow of Jesus leading you and I out of captivity into the captivity of God. He was a helper, then he was a leader, then he was a helper, and another helper, and then he became a leader like no other. He became a leader that led the masses. Why? Because he could be trusted. That's right. So there's three things that I believe cause your heart to be touched by God to fulfill what we're talking about tonight. Number 1 faithfulness. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Faithful to what? Faithful to God and faithful to His Word. Faithful to developing a relationship with God through the Holy Spirit so that they can hear the Holy Spirit and do what the Holy Spirit says. Number one. Number two, humility. Like Moses. <clears throat> James 4.6 says this, But he gives grace, he gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So I want to say it like this: I want to say pride represents the natural, humility represents the true riches. And so what happens is, when you're not faithful in the natural, you become resisted by God. When you humble yourself, you deal with pride as Moses did. He became used and the most used man on planet earth ever. To lead people out of Egypt, the way Jesus led all of humanity into captivity into God. Looks pretty good. Amen? So you know, what I, you, know what, you, know, you know the way I say that? You want to be great in the kingdom of God, you die to yourself. And anything that is about self, that's, that's motivating you from a selfish perspective, you got to die to that. Not your desires, not your goals, not what God wants, but in the midst of where you're moving and going, there's things internally that have got to, got to be fixed. If they needed to be fixed with Moses, I mean Moses was a leader in Egypt at one of the top positions in all of Egypt. And then became a servant. He had a murderous spirit in him, because all the guys that he lived with and worked with, he had a murderous spirit in him. Had to be rid of that. And as he humbled himself. He became the greatest leader, the most used man on planet Earth because of what he did. And the third thing is how your heart becomes touched by God is becoming free from fear so that we can boldly say in Hebrews 13:6, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? When your trust is completely in the person of the Holy Spirit, there's no more fear. And that's what has to be developed. That didn't happen overnight. That has to be developed through a word life, a confession life, Spending time in the Word, allowing yourself to become a doer of the Word, learning how to hear the voice of God, what God is really saying to you, as you develop that, it rids your life of fear. So three things that cause your heart to be touched is faithfulness and being truly faithful to the things of God. In the midst of that developing of faithfulness, your heart becomes touched. Humility, All of us have pride in one form or another in our lives. And when we get delivered of pride by humbling ourselves under His mighty hand, our heart becomes touched by God. And number three, your heart becomes touched by God when you, as you're walking through the Word and hearing the voice of God along the way, you're able to boldly say, the Lord is my helper. No fear in me. And it rids you of fear and it causes your heart to be touched truly by God. No fear. Being faithful in the little things, doing right when no one is looking, the key to success and leadership and being able to be trusted are those things. Being faithful in little and doing right when nobody's looking. When you live your life that way, when you develop that, I'm giving you instruction today that you've got to take the instruction and you've got to apply it day to day. And when you do it, and when you do that, you get to a place in your life where you begin to see things through your heart and not just through these eyes. And when you see it through a heart that's been touched by God, there's no end to what God will do and accomplish in your life.